Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. We're America listeners. Welcome to my 371st ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is that all four sports were actually playing over the weekend. Uh, Baseball World Series, NFL football in full swing, hard to believe, at the midway point. And, of course, uh, NBA and NHL both underway, which is why I say that October is my favorite sports month with April, a close second, uh, when you have NBA and NHL playoffs, uh, the beginning of baseball and NFL draft. But this is really the only time of year when all four are playing at the exact same time, uh, and much, much of it meaningful, certainly, uh, baseball and football. And just getting started again in hockey and basketball. And it wasn't just all four sports teams playing. Uh, They were providing record performances from Tiger, tying Sam Snead for the most ever PGA Tour victories at 82, seismic event, to Bill Belichick getting his 300th victory yesterday against the Browns. Joining only George Hallis and Don Shula in that rare air club. But we'll start with Tiger uh, because it takes something special to get me to turn off NFL football on a Sunday. But to their credit, the football broadcasts were talking about Tiger playing live on the other channel over in Asia. Uh, with the lead, and all he had to do was finish off the 18, so I quickly turned over, and it was great, great to see. Um, you know, live from Asia, uh, something that sounds like 8.30 at night last night, so uh, Eastern time. So that was fun, and uh, boy, one more victory, and it won't be quite the Holy Grail, which is, of course, getting 16 majors. Jack Nicholas has 15. Tigers just a few behind, but to uh, but the, I'd say the second greatest record in golf would be just sheer number of victories on the PGA Tour, and he now has tied Sam Snead. And based on what we saw, uh, he played with the lead, greatest closer of all time, perhaps in any sport, and that's his sweet spot. And uh, you have to believe he's going to break that record uh, sooner rather than later, the way he played this past tournament. 
And here in nearby Foxborough on a horrifically sloppy, rainy day, it was insane, um, Bill Belichick, again, got his 300th victory, pretty special stuff, got the game ball from Bob Kraft afterwards, and uh, I, I can't imagine a better treat for Belichick than to watch this now historic defense uh, literally uh, doing just special things. They're just breaking records left and right. And in fact, uh, one of those, we're going back a long way on some of these records for defensive proficiency. And one was like back to 1937. Uh, they literally made the Browns look silly early in the game where the Browns turned it over on three successive snaps. That is just practically impossible to do if you were trying to do it, but they did it. One of them, of course, was another score. I think it's their fourth of the season. Uh, Dante Hautauer picking up the ball on a, a and I believe it was a strip sack, or if not a botched handoff, whatever. The ball was loose. Dante Hightower picked it up and went in for a touchdown. And then, uh, and then, of course, Lawrence Guy basically intercepted a handoff, like a little shovel pass that was supposed to travel three feet, and he would just barge right through and grab that. So, again, it's just really a special historic stuff that this defense is doing and all you need to know is everybody's talking about the Patriots defense and when that's happening and you have Tom Brady leading the offense you know something really really special is going on heck they're actually scoring it seems more than many teams offense is scoring so this has always been Belichick's calling card and now they've really got something special going on there um it's just remarkable to watch, and all of New England is just uh, a dither over the whole thing. Um, the offense was a given. Nobody saw this defensive thing really coming, although we, we got a preview in last year's playoffs uh, against, you know, the Chargers, uh, the Chiefs in the first half, not so much in the second half, but that's Patrick Mahomes, who's unstoppable. What are you going to do? But then in the Super Bowl, they really, really showed their stuff, that defense. And it was a sign of things to come, but I don't think anybody saw this coming. So it is really, really fun. Speaking of defense, the low light of the week has to be the Chicago Bears with their great defense, but yet losing another game to a missed kick, Eddie Pinheiro looked like he might be the answer after Cody Parkey's famous double doink in the playoffs last year that ended their season. Uh, <clears throat> and Eddie Pinheiro, to his credit, let's not forget a few weeks ago, he nailed one in Denver to win the game. But yesterday at home, had the opportunity to win it. And uh, he missed. And... It was just uh, the recurring nightmare reawakened, and it was uh, the Bears fans were really, really uh, not happy with Matt Nagy's play calling, where he basically didn't try to try to improve field position, um, and basically stood pat for what was you know you know not a gimme field goal that's for sure, but he missed it and. Uh, 
Chicago Bears fans just have to be shaking their head at this point. This is really, really uh, costing them now. And my bizarre story of the week is the World Series road teams winning every single one of the first five games after Houston swept three in D.C. over the weekend, following the Nationals winning the first two down in Houston. And I have to say, as I've seen the Astros come out looking like world beaters in front of that just amazingly loud, totally into it crowd uh, down in D.C., first World Series there since 1933. Um... But at the end of the game, two blowout down in Houston, it really got my attention, struck me that the Nationals were simply celebrating too much. They were doing like conga dances in the dugout uh, and, you know, basically rubbing, rubbing it in the Astros' faces in front of their home crowd, the Astros' home crowd down in Houston. So I think they basically reawoken a, a sleeping giant. Astros won the World Series two years ago. Quality team, clutch players, as we saw a couple years ago when they beat the Dodgers. And it just feels like, again, they arrived in D.C. on a mission. They have basically took the crowd out of the game, three straight games, with, you know, what seems like an endless amount of two-run homers. Every time I seem to turn on the TV, it, it, it was 2 nothing or 4 nothing, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, Astros ahead early and just, again, taking it right off. And to add to the even more bizarre circumstance, we have uh, Max Scherzer, a gamer if there ever was one, having such such bad back spasms that apparently he couldn't even, like, get dressed. So he was supposed to be the starter for last night, had to scratch yesterday afternoon. So uh, they didn't have their guy to pitch the... Uh, final home game of the year, so that had to hurt him. And, of course, the Astros jumped right on his replacement with that early two-run homer, <laughs> or however they got two runs, and uh, up 2 nothing before you know it. And they were on their way. And now we have game six in Houston tomorrow night, I believe. And it's going to be Justin Verlander against Steven Strasburg. What a matchup with... Uh, you know, an elimination game. Um, it's, it is indeed 8 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow down in Houston. Game six with two of the best uh, pitchers in all of baseball going at it. Justin Verlander coming off that poor outing. Steven Strasburg coming off a good outing, both down in Houston last week. And uh, must-see TV for sure. And... If the Nationals can somehow pull it out, uh, keep in mind, road team has won every single game of the series, the first five games, then you have to believe that uh, you know, Max Scherzer would hopefully be ready, hopefully from the Nationals' point of view, for game seven. And wouldn't that be special stuff? So, it's been a fascinating World Series. Uh, we still got Uh, At least one more to go. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, and it sounds like you had a quite the gala weekend down in Alabama this past weekend, uh, from events to Alabama uh, laying it, laying the wood to Arkansas, <laughs> and uh, we'd all love to hear all about it. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, John, was, we were at the Arkansas-Alabama game. It was homecoming for the Tide. And they had some special guests there. I didn't happen to run across, but Jerry Jones was in town. That was his grandson that played quarterback for Arkansas uh, for some of the game. And then Joe Namath was in town as well for his golf tournament and his charitable organization. Um, here, I'm here in Birmingham right now. We went to an event last night, the uh, Namath Lessons Golf, and had a live auction. And, uh, you know, some of the players that were in town, Dwight Stevenson and Tony Nathan and Ozzie Newsom, Johnny Davis, those are some of the other Alabama legends, and Joe Cribs of Auburn, of course, and Kenny Houston, 
from Prairie View, he had an All-Pro Hall of Fame safety for Houston and Washington, Alan Bethea, Hall of Fame member, Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Jackie Sherrill, uh, Alabama player, coach at, at various places, Pittsburgh, A&M, Mississippi State. Among them, I'm trying to think of some other players. Yeah, Jimbo. Jimbo, uh, uh, the, the offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears. Jimbo was oh, yeah. thing. Elliot? Uh, no, that was the, the, the Giants. That was the New York Giants, Jimbo Elliott. Jimbo Cooper, is that it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I forgot, I forgot his last name. I'm sorry. But um, So it was quite an event. We had a really good time. David Wells of the New York Yankees, Jim McMahon, um, Brigham Young, Chicago Bears quarterback. And so it was quite a, a time here last night in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, that is quite a list of... Uh, sports personalities, to put it mildly. I mean, they don't have any bigger personalities than Jim McMahon and David Wells and all the others are famous as well. Nice cross-section of Alabama and other teams. It just sounds like it must have been spectacular. Yeah, it was very good. And uh, they're playing golf today in Birmingham. The weather's a little cool, but the sun is shining. So, um, yeah, really happy to be here and, uh, of course, the football game was 41 to nothing at halftime, John. I saw that, AP. Boy. Uh, what, what, what would that 1969 Arkansas team think about that one, right? I couldn't help but think oh, that when, I, when it popped up on my screen. I was like, are you kidding me? That's like uh, right, yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, not competitive. I mean, that's with Alabama playing Mac Jones, the second-string quarterback. Correct. No Tua. Obviously, he didn't even dress, yeah, no, right? No, no. See, last week when Mac was thrust into the spotlight, he had to dust off the cobwebs because he right. was throwing bounce passes. He thought it was basketball season. <laughs> sure. And, you, know, you know, he came Does around after a while, but you know, you know, he had he was the concentrated he had the concentrated effort this week with the offensive game plan. I thought he would play much better, and then he did. He eighteen for twenty two, three touchdowns, two hundred thirty five yards. And, uh, you know, Alabama's offense continues to impress those receivers. John, you need uh, coverage people, you know, uh, blanket and blanket those receivers. And teams don't have that type of talent. It's just not available. I mean, uh, if you guard one of them, you know, double team him, then the other two are available. You guard two of them, you still got a third one. Then there's a fourth one, Jalen Waddle. I mean, he'll be the star in any other team as well. So, and with somebody like Tua, when he comes back to the lineup, even Matt Jones, as you saw, uh, you, you just have to get it near them. So, and they ran some jet sweeps, which are literally those uh, Utah-type lateral passes, and and they make yardage. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how it all pans out, but they're on track to become maybe the greatest receiving core in college football history. I mean, you know, any one of them is, frankly, first-team All-America, you know, uh quality so it is just yeah. uh they're, they're putting on a show yeah um i think right now jerry shoot is at 24 career touchdowns henry Ruggs the third 23 and Devonte has 18 19 something like that i mean they all could end up with over 20 career touchdowns and that's a lot uh especially all at the same time they're all juniors correct exactly exactly well it's getting to the good stuff now next up Alabama has a bye week, and then LSU, is that correct, at home? That's correct. Yeah, correct, at home. And I think Alabama. Alabama's kind of, yeah, I think they're fortunate that that game is in Tuscaloosa. 
Yeah, LSU. I mean, they had a you know really good competitive game against uh, Auburn, which you know if anything was good because it tested them, and you know they they pulled it out. Auburn's as always good quality team, good defense. Joe Burrow came up big again, and AP. Both teams have a bye this coming weekend, right? Alabama and LSU. Is that correct? Yes, they do. And what I noticed about that game. And we spoke about this, I think, John, that Auburn's defensive line, if they can get to Joe Burrow early and get in his mind and in his head and slow him down, make a move in the pocket, they would have some success, and they did. They did. They, Auburn just did not have the offense with the young quarterback to to make good on closing the deal. I think there was nine third downs of 10 yards or more. That's quite difficult for anybody, even Joe Namath. Exactly right. Yes. Um, it was just too much. They hung with them, though, you, you know, and it, it really went down to the end, yes. which, again, for LSU, I think that's a good thing. It's a test. They withstood it. And I think both teams having a bye week is just perfect so that, you know, you'd like to think we could expect a high quality of play. That would have been the case no matter what, but maybe slightly even higher since they'll be somewhat rested and whatnot. And uh, Tua will be back for that game, I assume, right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think there's any way you could hold them out. And if I was Alabama, I'm telling Tua, look, we need you to pose in that pocket like a statue. Unless something comes along, you have to move a step or two. But we don't want you out there running with the football and being a target for any defensive lineman, linebacker, or, or defensive back. And, you know, to his arm, his vision, his accuracy, all those things, that's what's required for Alabama to be successful against LSU. Correct. Correct. Well, uh, the excitement. Must already be building down there, without a doubt. I mean, it it's, was shaping up to be the potential game of the year. Now the reality has occurred. They're both undefeated. Alabama's number one. LSU is certainly two or three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, John, that poll took some fun, funny turns this weekend, actually. LSU's one in some polls right now. At Associated Press, I believe they're number one. They jumped to Alabama, and I've wow. got to look up this information when was the last time the number one team came to Tuscaloosa? I have to check that out because, you know, for so many years through the decades, the games were held in Birmingham, Alabama. But now on uh, the last, let's say, I think it's about um, 15 to 20 years, the games are exclusively in Tuscaloosa. So I want to check that fact. How many times number one has come to Tuscaloosa? That is a fact worth checking, AP. Uh, well, we need to not go back too many years when LSU and Alabama played in Alabama. Uh, you know, a few years back, it was the, quote, game of the century then. Um, I'm guessing Alabama was number one that time, but LSU was right there in the top five for that game. You know the game I'm talking about. Famous right, yeah, game. game of the century, they called it, right. Right, uh, yeah, but Alabama nine, was number one. LSU six, was not yeah. number one that time. Nine to six, exactly, that one. Yeah. So yeah, the LSU was game. not number yeah. one that that night, right? I don't know. Not that I recall. No. No, they were not. Um, but, you know, when you look at this series, there's been so many times that they've been going against each other where they're rated highly that I just, I, as a matter of fact, 
I'm trying to read, well, LSU, well, they were rated number one at some point in the last 15 years because they won a couple titles. But, but it, yeah, it'll be the, an outstanding game. It'll be for the SEC Western Division, probably, probably. It'll also be the Heisman Race with Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa. It'll be for the, uh, the, the uh, superiority in the poll. So there's so many ramifications and things that are beyond the line uh, come November 9th in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at 2.30 Central. So, so, what the, so the game is 3.30? Uh, uh, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Wow, I was gonna. We talked about that last week, but uh, geez, it must be there must be something going on that night for it not to be a night uh, game. But three thirty well, is a good time. Well, what happened? That's good to know. Yeah, what happened, John? Yeah, what happened, John? CBS earlier in the season, I guess their option they selected was the Georgia Notre Dame game at night, and the doubleheader on the remaining schedule is November sixteenth. So wow. that's why the game is CBS as the, the top choice. Of course, they're selecting one and two. Okay, you and I can figure that one out. And so that's why it's not at night. Okay, wow. Interesting. That's good background, AP. I was, you know, it just seems so unusual that it's not at night. But hey, you know, 3.30 is a prime time as well. So uh, we'll all be circling our calendars, to say the least. Uh, You know, and it's just going to be interesting, AP, because, you know, for the first time in forever, LSU showing up with a a, a really good quarterback who can, uh, you know, throw the ball and all that. They're a different team, different LSU team than we've all been used to over the past many years, decades, maybe. Uh, But that that adds a... very interesting element to the whole uh, whole scenario, to say the least. Right, and when you look at the uh, players on offense for LSU, they've always had outstanding receivers. You know, right, tall, fast, and then they've had the fleet players that were on the smaller, smaller stature. Yeah, not too bad, right? And then right. they always have these guys who can run run with the wind. And now they have the quarterback they can deliver, which I always tell people that's the most important person on the field for a football team because uh, you don't, if you're not as fast but you can catch the football, you can be effective, as we've seen you know, through the years. Right, exactly. Right. But it's going to be funny. A quarterback, you know, it's, it's just tough. Oh, no doubt about it. No, it's going to be really, really uh, an exciting game, to say the least. Um, well, AP, uh, we've come to the end of our first segment, but, uh, you know, uh, great stuff uh, in Alabama, both the fabulous event you attended as well as the game, homecoming game, victory, another victory for Alabama. But interestingly, the same day as the LSU-Bama game, November 9th, that we were just talking about, there will also be to other uh, undefeated teams playing, it appears. Uh, one of whom moved into the top five this weekend. And we'll get to that on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked Alabama in the previous segment, as we always do since you cover them, Number one team in the country, and of course the upcoming game against LSU in two weeks. Both with buys, both guaranteed to be undefeated, but they're not alone in that respect. AP, uh, as all the our listeners know, I'm a Pennsylvania native. Grew up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium. Attended my first whiteout last week against Michigan and uh, Penn State. Moved into the top five this weekend, uh, courtesy of Oklahoma shockingly losing, getting run over, basically, by Kansas State. Uh, Penn State went up and exercised their demons against Michigan State and the solid victory, 28-7, to I believe. And interestingly, they're playing Minnesota, as in undefeated Minnesota, at Minnesota on the same day. Uh, just confirmed, you and I, that it's noon 
Eastern time on November 9th. Both teams have a bye this week coming up, exactly like Alabama and LSU having their byes. So all four teams are guaranteed to be undefeated on November 9th. Penn State, Minnesota, and followed immediate at noon Eastern time and followed immediately at 3.30 Eastern time by uh, Alabama LSU. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's going to be a good day. I, I I, I hope it rains because I'm not going outside <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect, yeah. I'd like a rainy day. Um, anyway, AP, we have to start with Oklahoma, especially Jalen Hurts. It's uh, AP, luckily I tuned into that game early in the second half. Of course, did a double take when I first saw the initial score, which was like K-State yeah. up by a couple of touchdowns. And boy, it was... This wasn't even on Jalen Hurts, although I think his Heisman uh, leadership position is what I'll call it, because I would have voted for him before Saturday, uh, took a hit. But it really wasn't about that. It was about Kansas State just literally ran over, physically ran over Oklahoma, rang up 48 points. Oklahoma just couldn't stop them. Oklahoma, to their credit. Brought it to a one-score game and nearly recovered an onside kick. Really close. (laughs) I went to review, and the correct call was made. Uh, But GAP, you know, I don't – nobody saw that coming. That's for sure. I think Oklahoma was maybe 23-point favorites, a big number. But K-State is a quality team, you know, never, ever to be taken lightly. Uh, We're not talking Illinois beating – Wisconsin here, uh, K-State's, you know, high-quality program uh, at home. But it, nonetheless, it's still like the first time they've beaten Oklahoma in some couple of decades, I believe. So, yeah, it was a shocker. It was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, I think it's 25. I had Dean Blevins on my show earlier this, this morning. And Dean, uh, former Oklahoma quarterback and sports director at the CBS affiliate down in Oklahoma City, and that's what he mentioned to me. Twenty-five years—that's a long time, you know. I mean, five years is a long time in this day and age. But uh, I was really surprised because there had been some chatter that Oklahoma had an improved defense. Well, you give up that many points, it's the same old version. So they have, the, you know, they did not shed that reputation right now. Yeah. So Jalen Hurts' position in the Heisman definitely, uh, you know, took a bit of a hit. It was, uh, you know, too bad. We, you know, I think everybody likes Jalen Hurts. I know you do, AP. Um, and, you know, uh, I think we're all rooting for him because of the way he's handled himself in the Tua situation so, uh, so well and then transferred to Oklahoma. And, boy, he was just lighting it up. Um, and... Again, this one really come out of nowhere. I mean, I think we were just recovering from the shock of Illinois knocking off Wisconsin. Uh, and here this comes the following week. Um, so, yeah. So, it really was uh, quite the shocker. But uh, as a native Pennsylvanian, uh, it allowed Penn State to move into the top five. Uh, they've always had trouble with Michigan State. The weather was horrible. Uh, weather, of course, is always the great equalizer, giving the less talented team a better opportunity to win. But Penn State, you know, really took control of that game. 
and uh, solid victory. Uh, I spoke earlier about the Patriots defense. Well, the college version of that right now is the Penn State defense. Uh, they're just playing fabulously. Uh, the tight end on his birthday had three touchdowns. Uh, Sean Clifford continues to look like the real deal as quarterback, and Penn State just looks great. But they're going to have a, a true test on November 9th uh, at Minnesota, who is also undefeated. And then, of course, we're looming out there is November 23rd when they will travel to Columbus to play Ohio State. Uh, assuming they're both undefeated, uh, you know, that has the potential to be the uh, subsequent game of the year following up uh, uh, the Alabama LSU game on November 9th. So, yeah, so Penn State, again, a lot of people were nervous. I went to the Penn State viewing party in downtown Boston with hundreds of people. crowd was particularly uh, fired up coming off the whiteout victory over Michigan. And then, uh, and then lo and behold, uh, you know, Oklahoma lost, which uh, got the crowd the, the Penn State crowd even more fired up. They, of course, showed the end of the game at the viewing party, the Oklahoma game. So it was really just a tremendous atmosphere, as it always is. And uh, Penn State, again, the, Michigan State had beaten them two years in a row. And a couple years ago out in East Lansing, a game was delayed by actually a number of hours when uh, lightning storms and all that, and Penn State was having a really good season, and uh, and that they lost that day to Michigan State, and that just kind of sealed sealed their fate as not having any hope for uh, perhaps college football playoff or whatever might have been out there for them a couple years ago, and then last year at home they lost. So it's uh, uh, it, it was. Deeply concerning. And then you see that weather and you're reminded of the game two years ago out there at East Lansing and you're just thinking, boy, uh, this doesn't bode well for the Nittany Lions. But this is a different Nittany Lion team with that great defense and they just uh, really took control of that game. Early touchdown to go up 7 nothing, Huge to get that early lead, quiet the crowd a bit. who was just literally getting soaked <laughs> uh, although it's a great equalizer on the field um the weather uh it also is uh not so great equalizer because the the fans are just so soaked that they uh frankly can't cheer as loud so ap yeah so a you know with penn state uh, beating Michigan State, finally. Uh, they're in the top five now. They're, they're, they're practically in the club, AP. Yeah, I mean, uh, Penn State, uh, you know, they have a good football team. We're going to find out a lot about them in the coming weeks. So uh, they're still yep. in the hunt. I mean, they, they, can, they can win that Big Ten just as well as anybody can. I think sure they have can. to play Ohio State on the road. They have to play Minnesota and Ohio State on the road. Is that right? That's exactly right. November 23rd at Ohio State. Uh, I was saying that could be, you know, the the uh, game of the year, game of the century, part two. <laughs> Maybe not game of the century, game of the year. After the LSU-Alabama right, right. game has played itself out 
on November 9th. Uh, that could be the next one. But nonetheless, they need to beat Michigan in the meantime. So, uh, not Michigan, excuse me, Minnesota. Um, but anyway, Michigan State always gives the Nittany Lions trouble AP, so they were able to win that game on the road in horrific weather. So, uh, you know, good for them. So that, that was a big test for them to pass, and, and they passed it. So good for them, and we, we got two more weeks of fun and college football playoff hopes alive for Penn State. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. And, John, I would ask you this question. I mean, Wisconsin, I did not think that they would have a bad performance two weekends in a row. That's a pure indictment against the coach, the staff, Couldn't agree more. and the players. I mean, okay, yep. everybody gets upset. Everybody has a bad day. But you score seven points and give up with a 38 to Ohio State. So what I would ask you is what is the best team that Ohio, play, Ohio State has played thus far? And I don't, I'm not a tough person that if your schedule is mandated that the opponents are not strong, there's nothing you can do because I recognize talent. I mean, it's like watching Herschel Walker play 1A football in Georgia. I didn't have to watch him play against the 5A football to know he was going to be a tremendous player. You know, right. Ohio State had, definitely has talent. So, but do you think that Penn State will be a, a big challenge offensively uh, down the road for Ohio State? I, mean, we, I know we're, we're leapfrogging the Minnesota game, but do you think they're a strong offensive team to challenge Ohio State? I do, AP. Yeah, no, they they have, you know. Sean Clifford's doing great. The tight end had, again, three touchdown catches on his birthday, so he's suddenly a force. Uh, Noah Kane, uh, the freshman running back, is just looking uh, better by the day. Reminds me of, uh, dare I say, Saquon Barkley back in his freshman year where he just gets your attention. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, but, you know, the, the, the game changer here, let's make no mistake about it, is K.J. Hamler. He's the guy that has to come up big. He had two touchdowns against Michigan. Uh, you know, one right in front of me, in front of my seats at the whiteout game. He had a 100-yard kickoff return to start the second half that was nullified by a penalty that basically did not affect the play. Um, you know, he, he spe- and he actually had a punt return called back on Saturday, P for another holding call. So he is special. And he is the guy that has to be special on November 23rd and, and frankly, on November 9th as well against Minnesota. Um, but he's the game changer. He, he's a weapon at the highest level. And uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Uh, they have the offense, uh, uh, you know, based on, again, the quarterback, the tight end, and KJ. Uh, again, just a, a force. Uh, but the best player in the country Back to your Wisconsin analogy uh, or mention, shall we say, uh, this Chase Daniels on the defensive line at Ohio State is a game wrecker, not a game changer, game wrecker. He made like he he makes game changing plays from the defensive line position. Uh, it's amazing to watch. He, he's clearly the successor to the Boza brothers and is really uh, they're they're flat out just calling him the best player in the country. Period, and he may be. Yeah, he was at number. Is it number two? I think, if I recall. Yes. And yeah, yeah. So he stands out. With, yeah, yeah. So he stands out with the number as well. And he's fast, and he's big, and he's athletic, and he can run down anyone in the backfield, uh, create havoc, and disrupt the quarterback's rhythm, which is essential if you're going to stop a top team these days, because most 
most ball clubs have a good quarterback. A very good or elite quarterback. Correct. No, he he's the guy that has to be dealt with because uh, he made the game-changing plays on Saturday against Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin went for it, rightfully so, on a fourth down, 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 whatever. Still a game, and he just you know blew right in, sacked the quarterback, and that was that. Uh, and then Ohio State just took over the game. So again, game-changing plays. But AP, we're at the end of our. Uh, second segment together, so why don't we take our final break? Still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Dolphins-Steelers tonight on Monday Night Football. Dolphins, of course, are winless. The Steelers have had all kinds of troubles with injuries. Uh, It does appear that Mason Rudolph is returning tonight after that horrific hit a few weeks back. Um... 
So I think really uh, it's intriguing because we're going to maybe figure out if the Steelers, uh, you know, really have a, a, a solid postseason shot, you know, this uh, this year, given the injuries, the slow start and everything else that's going on. But uh, they've managed to hang in there. But I think uh, obviously they, they need and should win tonight at home. And uh, we shall see, AP. It's, uh, you know, the Steelers always play well in night games at home. Always, always, always. Tremendous schedule going back to certainly the Cower days, probably the Chuck Knoll days, and certainly under Mike Tomlin. They have a sparkling record in primetime games at night, whether it's Sunday or Monday night, Thursday night, doesn't matter. They always show up at home. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, that's a, so nice, that's a nice tendency, John. For a team, <laughs> it's a great tendency. Yeah, I mean, if you only ever watched, if you were busy working every Sunday and all you ever saw was the Steelers on night games over recent years, you would think like, "Wow, <laughs> what a dynasty," um, to say the least. Um, so anyway, that'll be fun. I expect the Steelers to come up big, regardless whether Mason Rudolph plays or not. That third string quarterback. I've been meaning to ask you about him, AP. He's an Alabama native. From is it? Samford, uh, who won like the Alabama duck calling contest. His name is Duck. Whatever is it? That's his nickname. Oh, uh, you talking about the Stanford quarterback? You talking about Sanford, the the Steelers' third string oh. quarterback. Oh, this, oh, this, oh, this from from Sanford, from Sanford. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar with him, John. Um, but um, you know, Duck. They still hunt ducks down here in Alabama because they're close to Louisiana and everything. All those bayous are still around. So, but I'm not I'm not as familiar with him. Yeah, he's like uh, you know, he he's done very well to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. Devlin Hodges, AP, is his name, okay. and he's played you know really well. And uh, yeah, yeah, he went to school in. Birmingham played college football at, at, at Samford in Birmingham, correct? At Samford, yeah, Samford in Birmingham. That's great. That's a really fine school, great law school, Cumberland Law School. Yeah, and he yes. won, and he played high school at Mortimer Jordan High School, undrafted Mortimer free Jordan, agent, okay. and here's the good part. Uh, won the 2009 Junior World Duck Calling Contest at age 13, and more importantly, won the 2018 Alabama State Duck Calling Championship. <laughs> and this guy, I mean, when, you know, come in after that horrific hit on Mason Rudolph, and he came right in and immediately played well. So he, he's he's performed very, very well. He, of course, was the quarterback when they – basically handled the Chargers pretty easily out there in California. I happened to be out there that weekend and <laughs> uh, was at a Steeler pep rally the night before the game. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be watching tonight. I think the Steelers are going to win either way. Of course, they're playing the Dolphins, need I say more. But AP, before we close, I want to talk uh, Michigan just pummeled Notre Dame. And AP, I was at the whiteout. When Penn State had a 21 nothing lead, Michigan found themselves, almost tied the game, except the tight end dropped the pass in the end zone that would have tied it. But AP, I think Michigan found themselves in the second half despite the loss. 
And hopefully we don't have to hear any more about Jim Harbaugh not beating top-ranked teams anymore because they just lit up Notre Dame. And right now, AP, after what I watched on Saturday night, not to mention the second half of the whiteout, uh, Michigan's the last team anybody wants to play all of a sudden, and that would include Ohio State, of course, down the road at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that game's in Ann Arbor. Is that, is that not I think, right? Uh, let me check that out. I think you're right. Good point. Yeah. But that game I mean, is that subtly... Was, uh, go ahead. Yeah, looms large. Yeah, looms large. And, and that offensive outburst, I mean, that's something they've been seeking for a while under Jim Harbaugh against a pretty good team. Well, exactly right, AP. Um, yep, November 30th, Ohio State at Michigan. You know, there's no Urban Meyer who just simply had it over. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has shed that label suddenly about, you know, can't win, be the top-ranked team. AP, what could be more satisfying than beating Ohio State for Jim Harbaugh? That changes the whole narrative in three hours, for sure, on Harbaugh. Right. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Yeah, he would, he would definitely be uh, embraced by the fans. And to uh, ruin a Ohio State season, maybe an undefeated season, possibly. Yeah, he would. He would be all set for another year or so. Yeah, the stakes are large. It's so funny, AP. I mean, I'm so focused on Penn State at Ohio State, November 23rd, that I was sort of disregarding uh, what could happen on November 30th, the very following weekend after what will be a physical game with Penn State at Ann Arbor. Boy, oh boy, that that game could be. Uh, another top game of the year. It's, uh, is it, we're, we're into the good stuff now, AP, as November approaches. These are the great rivalries, and uh, it's going to be fun. So, yeah, it's uh, the college football season shaping up. You know, a lot of undefeated teams, AP. We're under a minute here, but, you know, we have SMU, Baylor. You know, not that they're winning national championships, I don't think, but they're making things interesting. I mean... It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's nice to have some surprises in these different conferences, for for sure. And uh, Baylor actually hosts Oklahoma and Texas. Of course, Texas, that's another story. They seem to think they're back back when they beat a town Georgia team and have three or four losses. I didn't quite get it myself, but if that's what they think is being back, uh, my my hat's off to them, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. AP... Hard to believe our show is over. Uh, I want to thank you, as always, for calling in and providing your expertise. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right. Thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.